1: This episode of Markets Daily is sponsored by CME Group.
0: It's Tuesday, October 31st, 2023. Happy Halloween to all who celebrate it. My name is Noel Acheson, CoinDesk collaborator and author of the Crypto is Macro Now newsletter on Substack. On today's show, we're talking about crypto funds, crypto integrating with finance outside the U.S., and some big-name hedge fund support. So you don't miss an episode, be sure to follow the podcast on your platform of choice. And just a reminder, Coindesk is a new source and does not provide investment advice. Now, a markets roundup. Crypto markets continue to hold more or less steady despite market jitters elsewhere. At 8am Eastern Time this morning, Bitcoin was down a third of a percent, trading at $34,506. Ether was also down a third of a percent, trading at $1,810. Other tokens were seeing some positive action. Atom was up 8%. XRP up 7%, Toncoin up 6%, Solana and Stellar's XLM token were up almost 5%. Most crypto assets are set to deliver solid gains for October. We'll look at the monthly performances tomorrow. In macro indicators, tomorrow is a big day for US debt markets. I'm actually not talking about the conclusion of the FOMC meeting in which Federal Reserve officials decide what to do about U.S. interest rates. We sort of know they're going to pause. They've effectively been telling us that for weeks now, and the futures market is signaling a hike probability of roughly 0%. No, what I'm referring to is the release of the Treasury's quarterly funding report, which lays out the debt issuance schedule for coming months. There are a lot of eyes on this because of concerns about a demand and supply imbalance in U.S. government debt markets. In August, Treasury told the market that it was going to need to ramp up bond sales for the first time in two and a half years. In other words, supply is going to increase. This caused some concern because the large buyers of recent years are now absent. These include the U.S. Federal Reserve which is no longer buying bonds in the market as part of its crisis support known as quantitative easing, these absent buyers also include foreign governments such as China, Japan and Saudi Arabia who have been reducing their US government debt holdings. This is a big shift in the bond market's driving narrative. The bond market is not so scared of the Fed anymore. It's now much more afraid of the Treasury Department. There was some good news on this front yesterday, however. The Treasury released its expected borrowing target for the fourth quarter, not the schedule but the target. This turned out to be less than it has suggested a few months ago. It seems there are some late tax payments coming in, which has boosted revenue expectations. The bond market liked this. The yield on the US 10-year debt dropped almost as low as 4.8% this morning, having almost touched 5% just a few days ago. In stocks, the drop in yields and the news that General Motors reached a tentative deal to end the autoworker's strike gave all the main indices a bounce yesterday. The S&P 500 and the Nasdaq both gained about 1.2%. For the S&P 500, this was its best day since August. The Dow jumped 1.6%, its best day since early June. The futures market is pointing to tentative weakness today, as traders await tomorrow's Fed announcement and the Treasury funding details. Europe's leading indices also had a positive day yesterday, with the bad news of a contraction in Germany's Q3 GDP growth offset by good news. Its year on year inflation dropped to its lowest level in over two years. The DAX index was up two tenths of a percent, with the broader Eurostox 600 up just over a third. The UK's FTSE 100 was up half a percent. Today's sentiment is also looking positive after the eurozone inflation also came in much lower than expected. Consumer prices grew 2.9% year-on-year, the slowest increase since July 2021. In Asia, as expected, the Bank of Japan has relaxed the upper bound for bond yields in the biggest step to date toward ending the era of ultra-loose monetary policy. This could encourage more net investment inflows into Japan. As interest rates and yields start to rise, the Nikkei Index closed up over half a percent today. In China, economic data out earlier showed weaker than expected activity in both the manufacturing and the services sectors, which boosted expectations of more market intervention. This helped some stocks claw back losses. The Shanghai Composite Index closed more or less flat today. Hong Kong got hit much harder by China's economic news closing down 1.6%. In commodities, oil prices eased yesterday but started to rise overnight as reports emerged of new conflicts in the Middle East, this time between Saudi Arabia and Houthi rebels in Yemen. Earlier today, the Brent crude benchmark was trading at just over $88 per barrel. Adding to the market tension is the World Bank's latest commodities report in which the organization warns that intensification of the conflict in the Middle East could push the oil price up to $150 a barrel. Gold was trading flat this morning at $1,996 per ounce. Stay with us. After the break, we talk about crypto fund inflows, banks buying crypto exchanges, and big-name investor interest in Bitcoin. Group cryptocurrency
1: futures and options provide market leading liquidity for Bitcoin and Ether trading. These cash subtle contracts give full exposure to crypto performance without the hassle of holding the physical position. No digital wallet? No problem. Trade nearly 24-7 in a transparent CFTC regulated market. Visit cmegroup.com crypto to learn more. This communication is not directed to investors of any specific jurisdiction or to recipients based in jurisdictions in which distribution is not permitted. It cannot be considered investment advice or results of market experience. Past results are not indicative of future performance. Trading derivatives products involves the risk of loss. Please consider it carefully. Full disclaimer included in show notes.
0: Welcome back. In this section, we look at institutional support for crypto services, as well as Stanley Druckenmiller's Bitcoin thesis. But first, I've spoken in previous episodes about why it's important to keep an eye on the inflows into and outflows from listed crypto vehicles. Many investors prefer to get crypto asset exposure through listed vehicles rather than through direct spot purchase. These include a range of institutions as well as retail investors. And watching the fund flows gives us an idea of what these investors are thinking. CoinShares publishes a weekly report summarizing the previous week's moves, and the latest edition published yesterday has some eye-opening statistics. Listed crypto funds saw their strongest inflows in 15 months since July of last year. Almost $340 million was invested in listed crypto funds last week, with around 87% going into long Bitcoin holdings, 7% into Solana, and 4% into short Bitcoin funds. Only two types of funds saw outflows, Ether and multi-asset, and the amounts were small. While there could be some portfolio reshuffling, this is largely new money entering the market. Next, by now you'll have noticed that I like to focus on positive signs of crypto market growth in areas outside the United States. In part, it's because the regulatory chill in the US makes other regions more interesting in terms of crypto market evolution, and in part it's because looking at markets outside of North America gives us a glimpse of what the market in the US could become once the administration's approach moves from defensive to supportive. So, today, let's go to Thailand, where the country's second-largest bank ranked by assets has just bought 97% of a crypto exchange. This is the Thai equivalent of Bank of America buying a digital asset platform. Cassicorn Bank, known as K-Bank, has been active in the crypto ecosystem for many years, looking into tokenization of financial contracts as early as 2017. In 2021, a subsidiary of the bank launched an NFT marketplace. In 2022, the bank launched a security token market with the collaboration of the Thailand Stock Exchange. In 2023, just over a month ago, the bank announced the launch of a $100 million fund to support Web3 and AI companies. Its latest step is arguably its biggest so far. Yesterday, the bank announced that it had acquired 97% of the Satang crypto exchange which has operated in the country since 2017. It's not an insignificant investment, more than $100 million at current exchange rates. The exchange will change its name to Orbix Trade, with the bank also rolling out custody services and an investment advisor under the brand. It's not surprising that this happened in Thailand, one of the world's most supportive jurisdictions for crypto activity. Earlier this year, its markets regulator issued rules for crypto custody. In May, the government introduced a tax break for companies issuing digital tokens. And in August, the country elected a new prime minister that was previously CEO of a company that owned a stake in a crypto broker. Thailand is setting an example of what deeper crypto integration could look like for mid tier economies. And it serves as yet another reminder that the global crypto ecosystem is not hanging around waiting for the US to show some support. And finally, I want to leave you with an excerpt from a fireside chat uploaded onto YouTube yesterday between renowned hedge fund managers Paul Tudor Jones and Stanley Druckenmiller. The whole thing is worth watching, especially if you enjoy scathing comments about the management of the US budget deficit. But here's an especially notable part. Druckenmiller was asked for his opinion on Bitcoin, and this is what he said. I quote, It's clear that the young people look at Bitcoin as a store of value and the young people have all the money. He then went on to say, quoting again, I don't own any Bitcoin, to be frank, but I should. End quote. Given that Miller is one of the most successful fund managers of all time, read into that what you will. That's it for today's show. For more crypto podcasts, check out the Coindesk Podcast Network. You can reach us at podcasts at coindesk.com, follow us, and if you like the show, please leave us a five-star rating on whatever platform you're listening to us on. Markets Daily is produced and edited by Eleanor Paul, with executive production by Jared Schwartz. I'm Noel Atchison for Coindesk. We're back tomorrow with more market news and insights.
1: One, two,
0: three, four. Those are numbers, but you already knew that. If you want to know what number you're going to pay each month for your car, use Kelly Blue Book My Wallet on AutoTrader. They're really good at numbers. AutoTrader.
1: You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator